0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the AI Premier League Preview Pod. Uh, the Reds are fresh off a lovely old trip to Marbella there. I'm sure it wasn't just relaxation, though, and uh, we'll be looking ahead uh, to this weekend's game against West Ham. So joining me tonight our uh, AI regular Joseph Cousins and uh, West Ham blogger Jack Kavanagh. Welcome, guys.
1: Hi. Yes, Hi, how to,
0: are you? Uh, good to speak to you both. Yeah, it's been a sort of a week without too much in the way of, sort of Premier League football, obviously, without any, <laughs> with the FA Cup games and then this sort of Champions League tonight. But I wanted to speak to you guys... Um, about the weekends uh, the weekends game so just to start with west ham and and jack bring you in obviously i think last time we spoke west ham um you yeah, know it was the uh, sort of the the real end days of of slavan Bilic's time there and um of course i think that liverpool game helped cement that decision to get rid of um Bilic as as head coach and um just before we sort of talk a bit, i guess about more more recent form what i want to, really want to start with is it's obviously the the new guy in the job, and it's been it's been a while now, let's face it, is uh, David Moyes. But I uh, Ashwin, your thoughts on the initial reception to hit the, the appointment, and um, I guess what fans' current opinion of him is, and uh, what have been the noticeable
1: changes since he has come into the club? Well, yeah, like you say, a lot has changed since we last played yeah. the Liverpool. But since the 4-1 defeat and Bilic getting the second morning, a lot has happened. We had a pretty... Disappointing transfer window. We've had a racism scandal. Looks like there's some sort of anti-doping scandal going on that's beginning at West Ham. So it's been a, it's been an interesting time for the club. But since Moyes has taken over, we seem to have turned the corner now. We're up to 12th. We, we're only four points away from the relegation zone, but it does feel as though West Ham are going to start stuff. I've been improving now. We're ready to take the next step. This team has been playing a lot better, even though we've only won one game in the last four games. We've still been picking up points. That win last time was against an inform Watford side, a 2-0 victory at home. So these are the sort of results that we weren't really seeing at the end of the Billich era. And it's sort of, it feels it feels confidence for West Ham. We're very, um we're ready to sort of see what happens next. I mean, a lot of the negativity is really directed towards the board at this time. So Moyes is sort of seen quite quite highly by the fans at the moment, I would say.
0: Yeah, of course. I think when he was initially appointed, there was plenty of scepticism that seemed to be. I mean, obviously, it's almost impossible to judge anything by the barometer of Twitter anymore, but it, it, was, it, it was genuinely plenty of people sort of trying to be cynical and mock about the fact that he'd been appointed after struggles at you know, clubs like Sunderland and then obviously his time in Spain, etc. But, um, I mean... When he was initially uh, appointed and perhaps the results and didn't get off to the, to the greatest start, what has been the noticeable changes that he's, he sort of brought into the club? And um, obviously, I think he'd be uh, sort of well renowned for ha- having uh, the, the ability to develop a good defensive structure, but has there been
1: anything else? Well, the defence has been a real improvement for West Ham. I mean, he's kept two clean sheets since he's been at the club. Which has been as many as Bilic kept in the first few months of the season, so <laughs> yeah. it feels like we're more we're a bit more organised now at the back. Ogbonna has transformed himself into a hammer of the year contender. He's not been afraid to drop the big names like Joe Hart when he came in. James Collins and Mark Noble were just seen as to me it felt like they had a bit too much influence in the dressing room under Bilic, and. Immediately they were dropped by Moyes. He was he was in, uh, sort of establishing himself as the new manager. He's really improved the squad's discipline as well. Ogbonna has recently said that in an interview. That's the big difference since he since Moyes has come into the club. Antonio was dropped for the um, Crystal Palace game, even though we we're quite quite low on players at that point. But um, he arrived late to a, a team meeting. And he was dropped. And that's the sort of thing we didn't really see on the billage. There was a sort of, it felt like there was a malaise around the club. Like everyone was lazy. There was all those stats going around how we've ran the least out of any of the teams in the Premier League and had the least amount of sprints. And it feels like there's a new impetus for the club. And I think Moyes has really, he's he's changed a lot of things and it's, it definitely, I'll definitely feel confident about it. Even though at first a lot of people weren't too confident about it. I, I felt like I was deluding myself a bit in thinking that we might bring bring Moyes back. He might uh, return to where he was at Everton, especially when we took some heavy defeats, that game where Rooney scored from the halfway line against us and scored, scored his first hat-trick in about 10 years. I did feel like maybe it wasn't going to happen, but he's he's built something now, and it feels we feel a bit more formidable now, a bit bit less vulnerable than we were on the Billich at times.
0: For sure, I mean, I think it has seemed from the outside that, that he's instilled more of a discipline to to you guys, and, and you mentioned that Ogbonna coming out and actually mentioning it explicitly in that interview. I mean, it does a recent performances. Then you mentioned obviously that it, it, there's only been one win in four, but it, 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 there's been the sense that you're picking up points here and there, getting draws, uh, that Crystal Palace draw, the, the draw against Bournemouth as well, and um, some big wins there against Huddersfield, and, and obviously. A win against the inform Watford side. So, um what have you made of, of of those recent performances, and what's been sort of the standout that you, that you've noticed? Obviously, Arnautovic has made a a good impact since joining. It seemed, or at least since Moises has, uh, has taken charge of the uh, of the coaching side of things.
1: Well, I think it is just like we were saying, like the defense has has improved. I feel I feel like we're not going to go to We did get, we did, we did lose to Brighton 3-1, but I do sort of feel that those are more, those are a bit more unusual than the times like the start of the season when we would just, it seemed like the players would be beat, would be beaten before they even went on the pitch. I mean, the Liverpool game was the perfect example of that when we lost 4-1. The game was over within 25 minutes. Liverpool were 2-0 up and it just felt like it was over. So I feel like we've got, a more organised defence. We've got a more, we've like shifted to three at the back now, with Ogbonna, Collins, and sometimes well But it does feel like that's more of a solid backline that has allowed West Ham to move forward a bit more. And with that, with that defence, we've now we've been able to like pick up these results. And it's it just feels like there's it doesn't seem like we've done anything too too drastic to the team but it feels like behind the scenes there's been a bit of a shift and this psychology of more of a discipline and more of a focus on organisation has created a environment where the players can perform better and they've been getting better results and picking up these points that we need to keep away from the relegation zone.
0: Uh, You mentioned the January transfer window and obviously that's sort of the, the, the departure of uh Andre Ayu and uh Sacco as well and underwhelming in terms of actually the lack of incomings obviously I think Ever assigned earlier this month on a free transfer. Um and I'll ask you what you think about that in a in a little bit. But um what sort of positions were you looking I mean, I mean, did, did you view it and, and did fans view it as essential that you didn't go out and spend in January um to help Moyes help keep the team up or was there a case of just working with the players that you'd already brought in who up until that point perhaps hadn't performed as well as you'd hoped?
1: I think everyone was expecting Mastam to be making some interesting signings. There was there were very clear deficiencies in the team. We need to sort of refresh a lot of areas like, like the defence. Even though it's doing right at the moment, we could still refresh that. We need a new holding midfielder to protect the defence, especially as... Obiang's injured and we've I mean we can't rely on Andy Carroll he was going to move to Chelsea and then of course he got himself injured and he's going to be out for the season probably it's it's those sort of areas we need to improve and we've we've made not we we made no real signings that would inspire the fans to think that this team is going to be going places in the future and it's part of that is why we're going to have this fans protest before the next home game because the people that sport West Ham are just frustrated with the boards being outspoken making promises to the fans and just it all it's just all talk from them really and I think the transfer window just really showed a lot of people a clear example of why we're not happy with the board at the moment and it was just poor we we brought in Jao Mario who's been a good signing so far but we signed um Hergil from uh from the championship and he's he's very unproven even at championship level and we can't expect that to be our new striker going forward. It's it just felt very desperate from West Ham in the transfer window.
0: Yeah, I think obviously a lot of the criticism around sort of West Ham's uh transfer policy in the past, or at least in the summer it seemed that there was a case of buying names over perhaps the best suited players in terms of building team chemistry and things like that, but you mentioned the criticism there of the board and, and the upcoming process. What, what sort of the wide, um, the uh, the wider criticism that, that's being labelled at them? Is it, is it in terms of the lack of coherence in the planning?
1: There's, um, it's all really been stemming since West Ham left Upton Park and moved to Olympic Stadium. It's a great stadium, the Olympic Stadium, but it's not suited for football. And it felt like a very cynical move from the board. They came in... Goldman Sullivan and they were talking about how they're West Ham fans and this wasn't a business decision but they've ended up selling the stadium in East London which is a booming area of property so they've sold the stadium sold the land and now they've got this this crooked deal with London and the mayor to rent the stadium for a year for to nine years and it all just feels very since then it just it's it's always felt like it's very Cynical and business driven and that they're, that they're moving this club in this new direction that a lot of people don't like. It's not the West Ham a lot of people grew up with. And the fans aren't happy. And it just, the more that they come out with their ridiculous statements saying stuff like, Oh yeah, I don't, I don't want to sign Jose Font. I only signed him because my children were badgering me to sign him. Stuff like that. It, it's just embarrassing for West Ham. And was that actually? At just had enough.
0: Sorry, was that actually? Yeah.
1: There was a comment yeah, from the chairman only...
0: saying that he he only purchased Jose Font because of his son badgering him to do so.
1: Yeah, him and Snodgrass. <laughs> oh, <God>. Wow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. It's it's unbelievable. And then we've just had enough of it. It's it's just it just makes a, it just makes people laugh at West Ham, and we've we get enough of that as it is. We don't need to have <laughs> our chairman just coming out and making it worse. And in terms of
0: the signings, maybe focusing on. On Yaya Mario and Evra. I mean, what do you make of those two? Yaya Mario said he seems to have had a decent impact since since arriving. Um, and Evra, I mean, it, it's obviously a hugely experienced player, but coming to well towards the end of his career now. Um Do, do you view that as, as another sort of obviously sort of short term thinking, rather than looking to sort that position out in the long term, or is it just cover for for injuries really?
1: Um, I've got mixed feelings about this one, to be honest with you, because, um, he is a very experienced player. He's won five Premier League titles. He's, he was a bedrock of that Manchester United team that was so dominant. But I think, I think in the short term, it's going to be okay. He's only on a contract until June and we need cover because Masuaku got himself banned for six games for spitting on a Wigan player during the FA Cup. So it does make sense to sign someone like Everett just for the end of the season. But yeah, it is, it is a short term solution. It's not, it is, the, it is like a Golden Sullivan, like just sign a, like a sexy name and hopefully everything will be all right. But it's not, it's not going to help us in the long term next season.
0: Yeah, but you think about, I guess, Zabaleta and Everett now. Those are two big characters in the dressing room, two experienced players who, who have won a, a great deal in the game. I mean, I mean just, just thinking back to it it, it, it wasn't long ago, obviously, that Ever was at Juventus playing in some huge, huge games for them. So it's, it, he really has been at the highest level for a long time. So that should obviously stand you you guys in good stead. But, um, it, in terms of key performers, then you think for the rest of the season, who you think are going to have to be, um, you know, helping you out in terms of collecting points and, uh, ensuring you, you guess you can stay mid-table or actually push on a little bit towards the end of the season, um, the likes of Onaltovich, and uh, I know Lanzini's back this weekend as well. Just how integral are those guys
1: going to be? It's going to be huge. They're, they're very, very important for us. Onaltovich, when he first came to West Ham, I, I wasn't convinced. He's, he had a bit of a spotty record at Stoke, I thought. And then he got himself sent off in the second game against Southampton. and It just it just didn't seem to work. I'm not sure what happened with him and Bilic. I don't know if Onaltovich clashed with Bilic or... If Arnatovic wasn't Bilic's signing, but it didn't really work there. But as soon as Moise took over and then he scored the winner against Chelsea in December, he's scored seven goals since then and he's just, he's just been um, unbelievable since then. It's been, I don't, I, didn't, I don't think anyone saw how well he's played coming at all and he'll be a big part of us going against Liverpool. Lanzini should be back from injury, so that should really help us as well in the midfield. I'm not sure how we're going to play, if we're going to play Mario and Altovic and Lanzini together, but I think, I think we could. I think it could work if we maybe load the, load the midfield up with attackers and then have Hernandez just playing in the, in the area and just, I, I'm glad West Ham have finally figured out that when you have a heavy Hernandez, you need to just leave him the penalty area, just give him the ball and he'll just score some goals because he's been playing out on the wing. He's been, He's been really misused by West Ham. He's almost got sold in January as well. And it just it just makes sense. Just leave him in the area and he'll just score the goals. That's all we need to do with him and just have the creativity in the midfield behind. And hopefully that's how we play against the That's how I want to see, see us play up front anyway.
0: Yeah, it, it, it has always been a very straightforward formula, isn't it, with Javier Hernandez? Really, just, just leave him to do what he does best um, and then obviously supply him with... Enough of the ball to, so that he can, you know, either it's a, a deft header, a poacher's finish, things like that. He's always been so good at that. So, um, yeah, hearing hearing about him out on the wing just just sounds absolutely ridiculous. So, obviously, given how that last match went, it was a very different time, right towards the end of, of Bilic's reign as manager of the club. And you mentioned their lack of discipline, players perhaps not um, anywhere near as focused as they are. As, as they are now, but um, in terms of the tactical approach that game, I actually thought you started that game pretty well, I'm not sure what Kazi thinks, so we'll, we'll bring him in later on so we can m- maybe think back to that game, but I actually thought you started pretty well and then you just got caught on that corner, didn't you, where I think we we countered with Salah and Mane, um, which is the way in which we seem to do now, we, we like to counter from corners, um, but in terms of your approach for this game then, would you think Moyes is going to be exceptionally conservative and just cede the possession to us, or um do you see do you see do you see you guys lining up in perhaps a different way or tailoring things specifically to the threats that we uh, that we have?
1: I'm hoping we play like we did against Chelsea and like we've seen this week with um Wigan against Man City where the teams just defend, really just focus on the organisation of the defence and just counter-attack from there. Because I don't think we've got the power to really go toe-to-toe with Liverpool, especially at Anfield. I think we need to sort of hope that they're a bit complacent. West Ham have had two weeks to prepare for this game, so I'm hoping that Moyes has created a robust game plan to really... I think we have to just grind it out, really. I think that's the only way it's going to have to go against Liverpool at the moment. They... Just absolutely tore Porto apart, and I was extremely concerned watching that game because I, I know we've got you guys next, and it did make me wonder about what what would happen. But I feel I think this is my problem with West Ham. I always feel like we're going to win, so I do feel like we could make something happen here. That's the problem generally as a football
0: fan, is it? No matter what sort of form you get yourselves into, you always convince yourself that you're going to that you're going to do something for a game, and then. And then when things don't turn out, I mean, you mentioned that win against Porto. Obviously, Liverpool have had a nice break then since then. Just like you, you mentioned, West Ham having two weeks to prepare for this game. Liverpool, a nice break after that Porto game, not not in the FA Cup, of course. So, um, in that training camp in Marbella, plenty of nice sort of poolside shots there and and, and, <laughs> and things that have made their way um, onto social media. But um, just out of interest, I mean, obviously, there's some players who have caught the headlines more than others for Liverpool Um, this season given Salah's on 30 goals etc but um, when it comes to facing Liverpool is there a a specific danger man that you look at and think that he's going to cause us trouble or or has caused us trouble in the past or is it just the likes of um, Salah having seen what you saw in the previous game?
1: I think it's the whole attack at the moment really it's there are there are so many different ways that they're able to score the goals. It's mm. it's quite it's quite frightening because there's Salah and there's Roberto Firmino and they just it just feels like Liverpool are just really putting it together at the moment. I could I could see them challenging for the title next season, especially now that they've got Virgil van Dijk and they're talking about maybe getting a new goalkeeper and some imp- defensive improvements. It does feel like they're on the cusp of something at the moment, and I. I do I think they're a very very good team I I think overall they could really make something happen in the next, going forward in the next couple of years with Klopp. And in terms of West Ham's ambitions
0: then for the remainder of the season, um what are you hoping to achieve? I mean how high do you think you you can finish under Moyes? You mentioned some of the optimism that you you have there um, with him at the helm and with this sort of renewed focus. But given sort of the you know some of the areas of the squad that aren't as strong as perhaps you would like them to be. You mentioned up top, those injuries and the sales that you've made. (laughs) What is the aim now then, I guess, for for West Ham? And would you like to see Moyes stay on following this season? Should it end positively?
1: I think Moyes has done more than enough to earn a new contract. I mean, we'll see if West Ham can stay up this season. I think even though we're four points away from the relegation zone, we are in 12th. I think we're relatively safe at the moment if we continue like we're going. But I think that's the sort of position I'd see West Ham finish this season. I think a top half finish isn't outside the realms of possibility. I think we can still finish like tenth or eighth or something like that. It's still it's still very attainable for West Ham. And it's the sort of the sort of minimum we'd expect from the start of the season, even though we've been flirting with relegation this season, we came in thinking we were going to be eighth or trying to get back into Europe and then it all just imploded and I think if we have a solid mid-table finish this season, like it's looking as it is at the moment then we can really build next season with Moyes and we should have some stability at West Ham for a change, it should be good to just hopefully have him back next season full of confidence again and we can he can start making his own team and really push forwards with us going forward in the future.
0: I think it'd be interesting to see what Moyes could do, actually, when he was, if he was given the opportunity to, to try and build again. I think um, since that sort of failed experiment in Spain where he tried, um, you think about the Sunderland in, in which he was very much parachuted in. And again, with West Ham, obviously earlier in the season, but parachuted in to, to help you... Um, or t- to uh, help you prevent going down, etc., etc. So, if he actually does manage that, it would be interesting to see what he has in mind to to build the club. Kazi, just to bring you in before we sort of talk more about Liverpool and how and how things have been going for us lately. What do you remember back to that game? Obviously, it was it was a while ago now that Liverpool West Ham game, but um, I think at the time we were sort of talking about how I, I was delighted that we managed to get in there just before Milic was sacked because so often we're used to coming <laughs> up against teams where they've just hired a new manager and then they get that new manager bump and we're the ones that have to sort of pay and for it. And we're the
2: ones that, that yeah, exactly. Um, I remember uh, listening to the, I was in the car listening to the first half on the radio and um, uh, beginning of the game, it seemed like we were not under the crush, but West Ham were, were definitely in it um, and probably the better side for the first few minutes and we caught them on that counter-attack and it seemed to sort of, sort of deflate them. The crowd went quiet um, and... After that, a lot of errors from the West Ham team. I watched, I watched the second half on on, on TV, and um, yeah, that, that first goal and then the second goal came quickly after that, didn't it? And it just knocked the stuffing out of West Ham. I, I remember, and the, this the atmosphere in the stadium. just seemed really sort of poisonous. That um, might be exaggerating a little bit, but it, it it wasn't great. It wasn't like your Upton Park sort of atmosphere where usually I'm used to go in there and being under the cosh. I've, I've been to Upton Park a few times to watch West Ham Liverpool games. And the atmosphere is usually, you know, is, is really good. And we, we usually under the cosh there. This time it seemed, it's, it, it just seemed different. Um, after those two goals, it just, it, it was, it was easy after that. I, I watched the rest of that game quite comfortable, even though West Ham got, got a goal and got back into it. Um, yeah, it's, um, it, it, it was strange. And um, I'm hoping for similar this time. Uh, although they're, they're in much better form. Um, I'm hoping that. If we get one or two goals, it will sort of knock their confidence. But yeah, as I said, they're in sort of they're probably in a much better frame of mind now, so it might not go that way. But yeah, that was sort of my main thoughts from from that from that game.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't think they'll be anywhere near as open this time against us. I mean, you mentioned sort of the timing of the goals there, and that that very much was the case. Obviously, I think Salah scored in the twenty-first minute, and then Matip, Matip even scored like three minutes later. And then, yeah, Lanzini scored. I think it was one of those first, one of those examples of a ball being played in behind Gomez and Gomez, as we've seen a couple of times this season, sort of getting caught under the ball, um, and Lanzini finishing nicely. But if you remember rightly, I, I just sort of casting my mind back to it. That was the game where on the screen they were still celebrating Lanzini's goal. When Chamberlain went up the other end and scored. and
2: We scored the third, yeah. Really exactly. So
0: it's all, all the timing of the goals, it's all completely of the knocks, a, knocks the stuffing yeah. out of you. Uh, so I think we were a little bit fortunate in that sense. But then from that point onwards, as you mentioned, so sort of the atmosphere became a little bit poisonous. And, um, I remember so, so many games at Upton Park where you just, all, all the bowling ground, as it's, as it seemed when you became called, referred to just before the end of it, um, the end of things again. But, um, yeah, really hard atmospheres there. We did seem to struggle a number of times. It doesn't seem to have the same sort of ferocious atmosphere that we've uh, encountered at, um, at the London Stadium. But yeah, it'd be, it'd be interesting to see what the atmosphere is like at Anfield. We've, we've had a long break away, so um, Jack, Jack, just before we move on to Liverpool. I mean, um, is there any sort of specific tactic that you'd like to see Moyes employ this weekend? I mean, you mentioned Hernandez is your preferred choice up top, um, or, or, or perhaps just the sort of the only strongest choice that you have there but um, is there anywhere where you think you you can get at us I mean do you think Arnautovic could have joy particularly against our fullbacks or or, or anything like that?
1: Well yeah I think the Liverpool defence is known to be it can have its moments of weakness and I feel like if we do employ a strong defensive rear guard and just counter-attack I think we can Get a goal or two against Liverpool. I, I certainly don't think we'll it will be a clean sheet affair with Liverpool. I think we can definitely get in behind if we just play deep and just go on the counter. I think that's how we're going to have to do it at, at Anfield because Liverpool are very confident at the moment, and that's how we have to do it. I think.
0: So in terms of your sort of main outlets on the counter, it would be our what and and Hernandez. Is it any pace on the other side?
1: Well, hopefully Lanzini as well. Lanzini and Mario. Course, yeah. So that's how I'm hoping we'll go and hopefully we've got Mark Noble in the centre sort of mopping up and playing playing this passes as well. So I, f- I think if we, if everyone plays together as a unit, we can make something happen that's bigger than the sum of all of our individual players. And just
0: out of interest, I mean, just one point that's slightly against um, or slightly uh, off on a tangent, but in terms of Joe Hart, and he, he he's he's been dropped, um, been dropped for, for a while now. Um, just how much of an improvement, uh, how much of an improvement has Adrian been since coming back into that position? And and, and what were the sort of things that uh, about Hart that sort of alarmed fans? Because it, it did seem that he he has had a pretty steep drop off since we think about those times uh, where he played for Man City.
1: I I think it was a bit harsh a lot of the criticism he got from the fans. Especially at first, I think West Ham fans were never really on board with, with Joe Hart, especially because at the start of the season we we got smashed by Man, Man United and then we conceded three against Southampton. So I think it never really started well for Joe Hart. And I I think it, I, I can see why he got dropped, but it seems like we've been playing a lot better since Adrian's been back in goal. And I think that's mainly a chemistry thing rather than that he's the superior goalkeeper to Joe Hart. I do think Joe Hart's declined the last couple of years, but I think it is Adrian's been there longer. He knows the players and and that sort of thing. I do wonder if we ever really needed to try and replace Adrian, and that got some of the players backs up, and it never really worked with Joe Hart from there. It's hard to know. It's hard, especially that that bad start. That was that really just doomed Joe Hart from his beginning at West Ham. But I think it's a it's a big credit to David Moyes to be able to go into West Ham and drop Joe Hart and show that anyone can be dropped from this team. I think that was a big moment for him and I think it works.
0: No, I think for sure. I think it's obviously important to um, let people know that d- despite sort of, previous reputations, they're not going to be sort of just picked on reputation alone. They, they have to perform. And Adrian, yeah, I mean, he does seem to be a real popular character around the club as well. I, I, th- I think my sort of lasting memory of him is when he took that penalty in the penalty shootout in the cup. I can't remember how many years ago that was now. But just him um, before he ran up to take it, just you know, getting rid of the gloves and tossing them to the side. I just always remember that uh, as being sort of a lingering memory of him. But, um, thanks so much there, Jack. Just giving us more insight into sort of how West Ham are um, you know, feeding right now and how they're going to be approaching the game. Obviously very different to To how things were prior to our game earlier in the season. Talking Liverpool because we've had a little bit of a break, obviously, haven't we? With um, with the Reds being off in Marbella, every time time I say it, I feel like it's like a lads' tour and things like that. But obviously, it has been, and there's been pains from all the coaching staff to um, emphasise it. It has been a training camp. Obviously, some bonding um, going on um, on the trip as well, and some perhaps unlikely friendships. I think the Salah Lovren. Uh, sort of bromance <laughs> has, has been one I've, I've really enjoyed seeing, actually. But um, uh, I just want your sort of um, thoughts on where, what sort of shape do you think Liverpool are in right now, in, in your opinion? Obviously, um, really impressive, resounding win against Porto uh, in that first leg, so I'm not sure that you think that second leg is now just a formality, obviously. Um, and generally, everyone seems to be healthy, Um and in a good way, uh, Van Dyke betting in. What sort of shape do you think we're in right now, to as we approach all the, this final run in of the season?
2: I think probably the best shape you could um, you could hope for, really. Yeah. The, the break has um, has come at a good time, um, not ideal. I mean, obviously, I'd love to still be in the FA Cup and have a chance to win trophy, um, but just in terms of the running, I think it's good to have a, a little sort of mini break. Um, I think they're taking the, the lads. Um, abroad, and you know, it, you know, I'm, I'm sure it's hard work, but just a time to, um, to sort of bond and work on tactics and, and train and what you and get ready for this running, I think, um, I think is a good thing. Um, it's had mixed results in the past in terms of the direct result afterwards. Um, I remember, um, I think, I think they, they were, they were at La Manga, was it, was it last year, last season? <laughs> and I remember they came yeah, back against, against Leicester and got absolutely slaughtered. They were a bit flat after that trip. So I hope that's not the case against West Ham. Um, but after that Leicester game, they then went on a really good run um, and, and and secured fourth. So long term in, in terms of um, from sort of here on into the end of the season, I definitely think the break is a good thing. Um, and yeah, I mean, with everyone's fit, isn't it? Apart from Klein, and, and, he's, in, and he's in training. So yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it does look good. I mean, it's, how many times have we said, you know, fully fit squad, everyone sort of more or less available? No, exactly. I Often think. we say that, especially this time of the season. So um, yeah, we're in we're in really good shape. You just you just don't want that. You want that to continue throughout because it's a really important um, part of the season now.
0: Yeah, and uh, you mentioned there, you know, of course, not on the FA Cup. That does that, that seem like a big missed opportunity there. But um, um, in in terms of sort of our goals for the remainder of the season, then, do, do you think it's just a case of pushing on to see how high we can finish in the in the in the league? How how high do you think we can finish in the Premier League?
2: Well, it's um, I mean, City at the moment are a league in their own, you know, just the points um just dictate that. Um, and then you've got um, it looks like Chelsea, um, Spurs, ourselves and United um, sort of all fighting for, for the the other three spots. Arsenal look like they're a bit away at the moment. I can't see them. I can't see them getting in. Um, but sort of stranger things have happened. But I can't see it. But, um, in terms of, of the, of finishing second, I definitely have a chance. Um, but there's just as much a chance we could finish fifth as well. That's how close I think, um, Spurs, Chelsea, Liverpool are at the moment. Um, so, um, yes, and, and United, sorry. So, um, yeah, it's, it, it's going to be tight. I think it's going to be touch and go to the end of the season, but I definitely think we, we do have enough to finish second, but, um, injuries is, is, is going to be key. I think we've got probably the, the weaker squad, uh, depth wise. Um, from the teams up there, so if we were to get some key injuries, like f- for example, Salah or Firmino, if they were to get, if they were to be out and miss sort of significant number of games, then I would, I'd see it being more of a struggle. But as it stands, with everyone fit, uh, I definitely can see us pushing for that second spot. And not not forgetting the Champions League. I mean, you know, it's a long shot to win the tournament, but we're we're in it. Uh It looks like as if we're in the quarterfinals, and uh, we've got to the final before with with weaker looking team on paper. 2005, for example, where there were some great teams in the tournament, Chelsea, AC Milan, um, and we won it. So, I'm not going to count, you know, not going to sort of discount our chances in the competition, although it would be a, a shock if we did if we did go and win it, but there's a chance there to do so.
0: Yeah, you think sort of the style of football that we play, I mean, even, even watching the Barcelona-Chelsea game tonight, um, a very different type of type of tie, I guess a more traditional Champions League tie where you're used to sort of a tactical battle, keeping things tight, um, finish 1-1, of course, but... Just watching Barca there and just how they dealt with, let's say, a, fa- a fairly light press from from Chelsea, uh, did did have me wondering. <laughs> I mean, I, I do have these yeah. sort of, these visions of Coutinho sat in the stands watching us take apart Barcelona, <laughs> which could be quite, <laughs> was, which, could, which, which could be quite funny. It's not, it's not, <laughs> not having a great time since he joined, unfortunately, but um, um, that's obviously no longer our concern. But um, it terms of those front three then. I mean, you mentioned. Um, just the importance of them. What have you made of the way in which they seem to have grown this season? Firmino, um, of course, sort of going under the radar a little bit in comparison to Salah, who's you know, so eye-catching in his brilliance. 30 goals, of course. Um, Firmino on 21, I think 21, 22, perhaps right now. But um he's having sort of his best season for the club as well. And Mane, again, scoring a hat-trick in, in Champions League for us. Hopefully, that's him um, sort of getting back to his uh, his top form. Just, just how sort of, um, how strong do you think the relationship is between those three?
2: It looks really good, doesn't it? They all look like their mates. I mean, to be fair, the the team, sort of, the the whole squad look like their mates. They, they they look really sort of comfortable with each other. And you look at the the training um, pitches and what have you. You know, some of the, the shots from, um, from 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 Marbella as, as you mentioned earlier. And then the team spirit in the camp does seem to be high. And since Klopp has been there, that, that has seemed to be the case. Um, they look like they have got, you know, good friendship. Good, the, um, the, the goal celebrations do make you laugh. Um, so yeah, that, that, that's so good. I mean, we've, we've been, sometimes we've been critical of that, that maybe they're too nice of each other. Maybe, you know, people should be getting cussed out a little bit more. And, and, <laughs> yeah. and when someone make, when someone makes a mistake, you would want to see the teammates as angry as the fans are. So but, you know. Um, that's, that's been a criticism. But I think, I, I think that the relationship with the front three is, 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 is awesome. And, um, long may, long may it continue. Um, but yeah, it has been a, a bit of a breakout season, um, uh, with, with, with Firmino. Um, and I think it's been important because, especially with, with, um, with Phil Coutinho leaving, um, I think the front three needed to step up even more. I mean, they were doing great with, um, with, with fit in the squad. But since he's left, there's more onus on them to, to, to sort of provide even more goals. And creativity now, and they they've been doing that in the last sort of couple of months. So that definitely uh, needs to continue if we want to sort of hit hit our goals in the, the season.
0: Yeah, I think one of the things I've been impressed about as well is just how um, in these games you, you see them moving around all over the pitch and then covering for each other. And all three of them, if you think about sort of their skill sets, they're um, they're incredibly skillful players. But of course, they're you got you got Mane and Salah have got sort of real searing pace when they do. Um, have space to run into and and you've got uh, Firmino who just the, the shift he puts in as well but, the, but then you look at all of them, and you, you can even see Mane in recent games uh, pressing and working really hard back in his own box and Salah against Porto, I was surprised to see him sort of tracking back and winning the ball in midfield as well so um, I think often we look at sort of Mourinho sides and you can see sort of the creative players being a little bit pissed off with having to do sort of the amount of work that he demands from those players, but what do you think it says about Klopp then that he's he's managed to get buy-in from these players there um, to do this work as well as obviously um, the fun part, which is the creativity and the and the goal scoring. I
2: think the sort of personality is um, anyone playing for him would run through brick walls for him isn't it? I mean, you saw that from the very first game that he uh, he took over at the club. Again, the way to Spurs, wasn't it? His first his first game. And yeah, yeah. you saw the, the pressing was off the charts. It wasn't the most um efficient pressing you've ever seen. Um but the players ran their abs- they absolutely ran their socks off. Obviously, you get a bounce um when a new manager comes in. Um, you know, as I'm sure Jack will say with, with, with West Ham and and, and and Moise's first couple of games, but um you you, you definitely see that the players w- w- wanna work for him. Everyone's, everyone buys into it, every single player buys in. You don't really have a superstar mentality. You don't really see, as I mentioned earlier, players getting too pissed off with teammates. Um everyone is 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 working really hard. And the the, the front three does complement each other in terms of in terms of that work rate. Sometimes they they work so hard when they do win the ball, the ball stuff isn't as efficient as maybe you'd like. But I think that would probably improve with time. Um, you know, as you're positionally a bit more aware and more astute, maybe you don't have to run as much, but at the moment um, you know, if it when it's not sort of perfect tactically, um they're willing to put the work in to sort of make up for that and win the ball back with sheer sort of determination and effort. And um that's been really good to watch over the last few weeks, especially that that the, you know the the game against City um and also the first half against Spurs where when you're playing against these really good sides, it needs to be it needs to be like that. Um and you know, going forward in this Champions League, if if we do play against the likes of PSG, Barcelona, Bayern Munich, them sort of sides, it's gonna to have to be it's gonna to have to be up there up there and more. So um yeah, it's good to see, I hope it continues.
0: What do you think of Mane's performance then against Porto obviously um seemed to struggle at the start, just just again with sort of loose touches and things not going his way, but um by the end with him sort of letting loose on that goal. It's for, funny because in, in
2: generally speaking Generally speaking, I didn't think he had a great game. Um, you know, he's got three goals, so it seems sort of absurd to say that. But um, his touch wasn't great. It, his his form was is really it's sort of been a, a similar to how it's been the last few months, where it's not his form hasn't been great. But if you look at his numbers, he's contributing really well. So he's getting assists, he's creating chances, and he's scoring goals. He's not at the top of his game. And if you watch the games, you can see that. If you look at the numbers, you probably think, you know, what's people moaning about? You know, he's, he's doing great. Look, look, you know, and even compared to last season where he got Liverpool player of the year, I think his numbers this season are better than last season. But just his performance, and I think he's um, admitted himself that he's been off form. Clock's mentioned it as well. Um, and, you know, that night, he wasn't fantastic. There was a few, you know, decisions that maybe weren't great. Um, as I said, his touch wasn't the best, but he's always dangerous. Um, and you can tell the defences he's playing against are always wary of him. He has to be accounted for. Um He's always a threat, and he makes things happen, even even when he's not on form. The pace is is uh, is scary, um, and he, he can finish. So, um, yeah, and which, which way that he gets into good positions. The second goal, for example, is is a is a you know uh, an example of that, and the finish for the third is 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 wonderful. I thought we should have passed it, and then next minute it's in the top corner. So <laughs> I'll take that. Um, I hope that the hat trick. You know, um, sort of helps to sort of break him out of his, of his, you know, up in different form. And I hope he can get back to what he was at really at the beginning of this season. Cause I think remember the game against Arsenal at Anfield, he was fantastic in that game. So if he can get back to that form with the form of Salah and, um, and Femina, then I think we'll be, be even better chance to, you know, get as high as possible in the league and, and do something special in the Champions League. But yeah, his season has been up and down. But um, as I said, the activity has always been there, which is great.
0: Yeah, and I think an- an- another question that we're going to be faced with again um, until the end of the season now is sort of what centre-back pairing we go with. Uh, obviously Van Dijk looking increasingly impressive and, uh, and does seem to have had a calming effect on Carrius on and also Lovren as well. Um, but um, yeah, we've, we've seen so far chopping and changing between Matip and, and Lovren to partner him. Um, what would you do, do now, then, until the end of the season, and what do you expect Klopp to do? Do you think he's going to keep chopping and changing for for di- for different types of games, or do you think that we should just pick one and stick with it in terms of forming a partnership now until the end of the season, or does it really not matter that much because uh, if you look at Matej and Lovren, um, neither of them you would think are going to be long term partners uh, for him going into next season? What what do you think Klopp's going to do in that area?
2: I think Klopp. It's going to chop and change because I'm not sure he's sure his partnership is at the moment. I would go with Matip and, and Van Dijk and Carrius and, and, and play the three of them in every single game going forward League and Champions League for the rest of the season um, injury and suspensions permitted obviously um, but yeah I, I think it's important to get some continuity there because we haven't had that for years um, you know ever since I think Carragher retired we've had um, chopping and changing their centre back throughout a season every season and as a result, we've always conceded loads of goals, made errors, what have you. Um, I think, think it's important for carriers to have a, an established centre back pairing in front of them, game after game so he can get sort of used to, you know, how they play and what have you. I think also I like I like Matic from a creative perspective. Um he plays those vertical passes into the feet of the attacking players really well. Um, you know, he does that consistently as well, not just, you know, what what once every blue moon is a consistent theme of his. And Van Dyke is, is, horrible. his crossroad passes are great. And he's you know, world class center back as, as we know. Um, Lovren did really well at Porto and Lovren's performances definitely look better when he's next to Van Dyke. But personally, I would just go with, I think continuity is important. And I go with Matip and Van Dyke. Um, defensively, they both make errors. I think Lovren probably makes the bigger howlers. Um, but as I said, I think it looks as if Clock is going to go horses for horses at center back. Um that's how I see him going, going. And I think against West Ham for example, I could see Matip coming back with that for that creativity. I think we'll have a lot of the ball and um centre backs on the ball sort of in and around the, the center circle in that area, the pitch I think is going to be sort of a key theme in the match. So um I, I definitely I'd, I'd go with that pairing. I think you think
0: both options there actually are pretty good when we when we're getting bombarded as well and just um you know you'd imagine pretty airily dominant there. So it's going to be interesting to see how Van Dyke sort of gels with both of them. And yeah, even if neither of them are sort of viewed as a long-term solution. Uh, yeah, I do. I do agree with you. I think we're going to see some chopping and changing for, for the various games. And also we should, we should consider that I think both of them sort of have problems staying fit for any sort of long period of time. Or yeah, I, think, yeah. I think Lovren's yeah. actually enjoying probably is one of his longest runs now in terms of actual uh, fitness. But um. Another area as well is obviously midfield, where we're going to be um, deciding upon you know, Henderson now, seemingly coming back to fitness. Chan was suspended for that Champions League game, so you'd imagine he he comes back in against West Ham. But uh, with Ox and um, and Ginny in there as well, and and even Milner, what what we saw against Porto. I mean, I'm I'm one never to sort of praise the idea of Milner in midfield, but I was incredibly impressed by by him in that game. Um, how do you see Klopp sort of lining up?
2: Against West Ham, then in midfield. Against West Ham, um, I think Emery will come back and will play, and I think um, probably Wijnaldum. Um Yeah, I think it'll be those three. I mean, you've got you got six fighting for three positions, right? Um, Ox had a really sort of purple patch in and around the time when when he's actually when he scored at, at West Ham, and for a few weeks after that, he was he, his form looked really good. And he's had a bit of a lull since and been on the bench a lot. Um, so whether Klopp thinks it's a good time to bring him back, I don't know. Um, Henderson being captain and now being fit, the manager is always keen to play him whenever he's like fit and available. We've had a break, so I can't see him not playing. And Emery seems to play when he's available as well. So mm, it, it, it's a tricky one. I'd probably go with Ox, Emery-Chan and Wijnaldum, But I think, I think Henderson will play um, and Ox might be on the bench again. Going forward for the rest of the season, I think Klopp has said there's no sort of need to rotate, um, because there's just two competitions left now and, and, and they game every sort of, you know, it's not even every, every week we play every three or four days. Some weeks we don't, we won't have Champions League because of the, the gaps in the ties now. So, um, there won't be a need to, but I think horses for horses again, I think depending on the opposition, Klopp might make some changes in midfield and we might see, you know, the likes of, um, you know, one other maybe an ox rotate. And what have you, but um, it's tough to say because when I look at our midfield, I don't I don't really have a favorite three. I I I go with every week, you know, and sort of hang my hat on that. Um, and I'm not sure if the manager does either. <laughs> it's similar to the centre back pairing, where you've yeah. got a couple of players who who would probably play. Would like if Coutinho there, you know, you knew we could play every week, and then you think captain would play every week, um, and then the others is sort of. A, a, a toss of a coin, really. You know, so it's it's hard to say. But um, yeah, against West Ham, I play. I try and play the most creative ones I can. So Ox, Emery, and probably one uh, Alham. I haven't mentioned Lalana. Um, he's uh, struggled to sort of get in any rhythm this season. You know, he's been out for a long time, and um, now it's crunch time and every game is important. I can't see him starting that many matches, unless he's really lining it up in training and really looking great, looking better than the others. I can't see him starting too many more at the end of the season. So I think we'll we'll probably see more of Lanina next season than this season. Um, but yeah, that that's that sort of my ramblings on our midfield at the moment is a, is a tough one to predict.
0: No, I agree. I think it's it's is going to be a policy of Quite a lot of rotation, and you mentioned there sort of finding the most creative three that we have, and um, for a game against West Ham, I mean. Uh, I was going to ask you what sort of approach you're expecting from them, but if it is going to be one where they sit back and just cede possession to us, obviously we 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 have had a little bit of trouble with that at times initially in games where we're sort of trying to figure out how we how we deal with that. Porter, of course, it's sort of different um, different type of opposition, but they tried that in the first sort of ten twenty minutes, didn't they? Uh, and it did seem to be it did seem like it was going to be a very different game to the one it turned out to be. But um, um what sort of approach are you expecting from Moyes? I mean, We've seen a couple of games against Klopp. Um, from Moyes, d- different teams, obviously. But um, you're expecting a very, very conservative approach and then us, uh, the onus being on us to break them down.
2: Definitely. Um, I looked at some of the stats on West Ham's games against Smois has been there and they've actually got decent results against top six. So there's the win against Chelsea that Jack mentioned earlier. Um, and um, there's the draw against Spurs, which is quite quite recent. And um, they also they drew against Arsenal as well. That was a home game. Um, and... Yeah, so they they're they decent results. You know, they they lost against C, but it was a narrow defeat, two one. Um, so you know, to they only conceded two at at the Etihad, and I think the second goal was really late as well. So it it sort of shows me that the defense has improved a lot since Mois has sort of got his feet under the table. They didn't lose 4 no, at at Everton, but um, since sort of Moyes got to grips with the squad, it looks like they're much more solid and more difficult to beat. Some of the, the the possession stats in those games were like between 25 and 30 percent, or West Ham's part. So I, I can't see them having more than say 35 percent possession at Anfield. I think they would they would they'll definitely seed possession to us. And um, Moyes' sort of record and his way of playing with things at Anfield is, is usually been to be quite conservative. They don't really go for it at Anfield, even even in derbies where you expect Everton fans would expect their team to have a goal. He's sort of tended to be cautious. And I can see him being cautious in this game. So I could, you know, I, I see it being definitely a, you know, men behind the ball job. I don't expect them to play too much football, you know, trying to play the out from say Adrian to the center backs and, and full backs, for example, try and play their through the, play their way through the pitch. I can't see them doing that. I think they'll be playing into our hands. I love them to do that, but I can't see it. I think it will probably be a more of a direct game for them. Um, which is, it is, has been our kryptonite. I mean, we've been better at it, um, this season. We do have the defeat to Swansea and the, and and the loss against West Brom Bromer sort of blips, um. But since uh, earlier in this season we we drew against uh, Everton and West Bromer since then and now we, we've primarily been a, a decent team against against um sort of the sides at home anyway. We've we've scored lots of goals against them. We've won, we've won the majority of those matches. So I'm hoping it's more that you know, than it's more sort of the the, the type of performance where we beat Swansea heavily and some of the other results we've we've got home and away heavily rather than this this the sort of slip up performances that we've done for West Brom in the cup and Swansea recently so I'm I'm hopeful that we sort of take it seriously that we're not flat and that we approach it properly i think the key thing for liverpool really is to approach the game with a with high energy that's where we usually sort of come out on top in games when we approach it when we're a bit too relaxed a bit too patient a bit too passive is where opposition get a bit confident and we, we we find ourselves in trouble. The crowd is it starts to moan and you you you've you've seen this movie before, Harry. So <laughs> I'm yeah, hoping exactly. that it's not that. I'm hoping that it's not that. I'll be just on the front foot. Um, but yeah, but yeah, I do expect Moyes to, to treat it conservatively. That's not to say you know they won't they won't have a goal, but they'll definitely be be cautious. With.
0: No, and you look yeah. at his record. Obviously, he's he's had, he's had plenty of problems when trying to sort of get results at Anfield in the past. So. Um, in terms of players, we you what you look at though, and you think that perhaps they could cause us trouble, and now is one that you think he, in terms of his strength and the and sort of the directness of his running, he could be um, someone to cause us problems. And obviously, I think Lanzini did pretty well against us. Even in that defeat, he looked like somebody who had the ability to you know, find a pocket of space, you know, good technically as well. Um, would those be sort of the key people you're looking at? Hernandez as well has uh, had plenty of sort of uh, plenty of moments against us in the past as well. It seems like.
2: Yes, and definitely those that you mentioned, and also Noble tends to play well against us. Um, even if he's, he's had a period of time where he's been struggling against us, he usually raises his game for some reason. Um, I just you need know, to know him have have good games when we play against them. Um, but yeah, Lanzini I think will be dangerous. Um, we can be weak in that part of the pitch, get caught in possession those those on those channels, and some of his pace and ability can hurt the defenders. I mean, our defenders apart from Van Dijk aren't great. One on one with skillful attackers, not in my opinion anyway. So I think the likes of Lanzini will be a threat. And Atovich definitely up against Lovren or Matip, he would be dangerous. Um, I'd be more, much more comfortable with Van Dyke there. Um, but you know, I would definitely start with Arnautovic if I was, uh, if I was Moyes. I think he'd definitely be dangerous. And I'm not, I don't know a lot about the, um, the new guy that they've got on loan, the uh, Mario. But, um, and Jack said he's had a good start. So, um, he'll, he probably be a dangerous one as well. Um, but I, I hope it's the type of game where we're not worrying about their offensive players and we just front foot and we don't do anything stupid at the back and it's all about us. But, um, <laughs> you know, wanting that and getting it is going to be two different things. They've definitely got some threat against good sites and got good results against some good sites in recent times. So it's not one of those games where you're going into it relaxing and you have definite three points. We're going to have to work for it. I think.
0: Yeah, and you hope that with 10 days rest, they are, they are focused on it. Jack, just before we get to sort of match predictions then, um, I mean, what are you sort of expecting there from a performance-wise? I mean, and, and do you think the likes of Jaumeiria, Noble and midfield Lanzini um, can be effective at just, you know, when you do have the ball and, and looking for countering, um, supplying the likes of uh, Arnautovic with those uh, with those passes to get one-on-one situations? I mean, obviously, we do play a very high line. Um, Yeah, what sort of game are you
1: expecting? Well, like you guys were saying, I think it's going to be West Ham playing without the ball, getting about 20%, 30% possession and just trying to nick it. I mean, that is how we've approached the top six sides this season under Moyes anyway. And for the most part, I think it's been successful, actually. So I think that's the way we're going to have to just approach it, just really be organised Defensive, and when we get our chances, just burst forward and take them. And hopefully that works. It works against Chelsea, so it might it might work against um, Liverpool Anfield
0: for sure. And I think actually one thing I was just thinking about as well, Kazia, I'm not sure whether you have got any thoughts on this before we come into predictions. But in, in terms of us sort of needing that extra creativity in the side since Coutinho has left, and you know, we talked about the midfield options we have there, and you mentioned Matip as well from centre back, but um, we saw against Porto, didn't we, sort of the first sort of examples of um Van Dyke spraying those diagonal balls as well out to the fullbacks. Um uh, how effective do you think he's gonna be uh, in helping us in these sorts of situations as well?
2: This the quick switch of play is is key. Um but the thing is I think they I think they're slower balls. So when they when the ball's in the air, I think um and they're long crosshall passes, I think the the team out of possession has got time to sort of, you know, get themselves set and, and, and defend against it. Um, those balls probably work better against, um, more attacking sides when you catch them out with a with, with the, with that long ball. I think, I think the vertical pass along the floor is going to be probably more key in terms of opening something up, which is why I want, I want to see Matic play. Um, but I mean, they're, they're definitely, they're definitely beneficial. You know, a switch of plays is, is, is definitely an advantageous. I just, I really like the, those those balls into the feet of the front players, and they, I think they're more important now without the likes of Coutinho uh, in our midfield playing those incisive passes. The current, our current midfield play, players are a really good out of possession. They're 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 good arriving in the box late and getting chances to finish. They're not the most creative on the ball when a team sat deep and we need to sort of probe and you know and, and sort of play through the phases. Um so I think there are, there is reliance on that to defensive players being creative in that respect. So, um, so yeah, you know, I, I'm looking forward to the game. I, I, I'm just hoping we're going to be front foot and energetic from the off, in, in, to, you know, to sort of make it count.
0: Yeah, for sure. I, I think it'll also be interesting to see whether Van Dijk continu- continues to be a threat from set pieces as well, because that's something we've not had yeah. um, very often in the past. I think we, we've seen that a few times, even though he's not perhaps got the goals. Um, he's, met, he's won the headers and... Uh, you think it's probably only a matter of time until he he does become more of a force there for us. But um, all right, guys. then I mean, to wrap things up, then just to come to you with predictions. I mean, Jack, what are you um, expecting there, score wise? I think when you
1: guys talk about Liverpool, I do feel a bit more, bit more concerned. But I have to go for a confident <laughs> predictions. So I think two one West Ham. Bit of a shock, and everyone has to reevaluate what they think about Liverpool afterwards.
0: Oh yeah, and 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 don't they just love to reevaluate with us? Um, imagine if it's from a set piece. I mean, Kazi, Moyes actually getting a win at Anfield. What do you see actually in terms of the score prediction? <laughs>
2: uh, I can't imagine Moyes getting a win at Anfield. Can you imagine? I wouldn't. I, uh, I'd have to avoid all media for like the next I'll be three gone. weeks. I yeah, think. this pod's um, <laughs> done. I'm
0: I'm I'm stopping at this pod. Let's
2: <laughs> <laughs> retire. Um, three one. I think. Um. I think we'll score in the first half and it'll make life a lot easier for ourselves. Um, the front three to score the goals. Um, I think West Ham will get something, though. Um, I can't see it being a clean sheet. Um, so I'm going to go for 3-1. And the hope, yeah, we can keep the, our, our good run going forward.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go a little bit more ambitious, actually. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say 3-0. I, I rarely say this, actually, because I always think we're going to concede a goal. But... Um... Just actually, we didn't even mention Carious, but I, I'm just really on this Carious wave here of, um, him making saves and, and us having clean sheets. It's, it's, it's a nice little rummy, but been on to a, three. Keep, a, key, a key saves yeah. we're not, yeah, exactly. we're not used to it, Jack. Yeah, making, key, Liverpool keep up making <laughs> saves. making th- three consecutive clean sheets so far. I mean, Linda's absolutely delighted. So let's see if we can keep it up against West Ham. So yeah, I'd go, I'd go a little bit more brash then, but. Guys, thanks so much for helping me preview the game. It's going to be good to get some Premier League football back this weekend. And to everyone who's listened, thanks so much for listening. And we'll be back next week to cover the Newcastle game as well. And obviously Klopp versus Rafa again. So that's going to be an interesting one again. So thanks so much for listening. And we'll be back next week.